0: Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesley demands. Now this affects Iris. Um,
1: Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris.
0: Da, da 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 clank bong da 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 da, da. banana 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 banana
1: Ba-na-na-na.
0: what up and welcome to i can't do it at all do no do do it, do
1: it, do it, do it. <laughs> come on what come on, up do it. and
0: welcome to all whatever movies my name is Wesley, and I'm here with my little sister.
1: Iris, dickwad. <laughs>
0: right. Today, we're here to discuss a movie that transcends movies, that is a part of the fabric of my being in my childhood, and which Iris is always happy to revisit for the purposes of James Cameron Month Woo-woo. Terminator 2 Judgment, Judgment Day. Day.
1: What's the name of the supercomputer that creates and controls the Terminators?
0: Seriously? First is it's Skynet, like, later it's, then later it's, the well, the system is Genesis, and then it's uh, Legion.
1: I can tell this is going to be a, a novice quiz for you. What's the name of the bar at the beginning of the movie?
0: The bar? The uh, Guitars, Cadillacs, Hillbilly, Mew, I don't actually don't
1: remember. I'll give you options. The Corral, Joe's Diner, Bob's Saloon, or Wish You Were Beer.
0: Uh, I'm going with the Corral.
1: Correct. Complete this famous line by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I need...
0: <laughs> I need... I need fuel. No, wait. Oh, that, sorry. That, that's Doc Brown. Back to the Future. <laughs>
1: that's your other favorite movie. I need? Think the corral.
0: Oh, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle.
1: <laughs> what song plays as Arnold Schwarzenegger mounts his motorcycle for the first time?
0: Bad to the Bone. By uh, George Thorogood and the Destroyers, which at that point was actually pretty overused at that point in movies, but it's it's inextricable now, like it's part of this movie.
1: Perfect. How did Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator smuggle his shotgun into the shopping mall?
0: In a in a box of flowers.
1: Mm-hmm. What flowers? A crappy looking box
0: of flowers too. Look, if you ever buy flowers and they're in like a cheap box. You're doing yourself a disservice. It's like buying them from the grocery store and leaving that <laughs> janky plastic around it with the, the, the price tag. Uh,
1: you could take it up a level by including a bear with an I love you heart pillow. Or maybe some cho- some Russell Stover's chocolates. <laughs> What type of Terminator does Arnold Schwarzenegger play in the movie?
0: 800 model, one of the more advanced models for the time of Terminator, but certainly way behind the curve and nearly obsolete in Terminator 2. Specifically, he's a Terminator model 101 of the T800 series
1: versus the advanced prototype
0: T1000, right? And the <laughs> uh, not to be confused with the awkwardly named T1 million in t2 3d battle across time at universal studios
1: that's just overkill right it's like paloma being like it's like paloma how many do you want she's like infinite it's like come on
0: (laughs) infinite (laughs) (laughs) and i wish to consume them in the tesla
1: (laughs) but t1 million i mean isn't that just overkill
0: yep And, and it was sparkly
1: wow uh at least the chick terminator wasn't sparkly. Is that is that inappropriate to say, Chick Terminator?
0: Isn't Chick Terminator better than her official designation, which was TX, a.k.a. the Terminatrix? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Debatable. Okay, Robert Patrick tried to imitate an animal's head movements to help him get into the role Bald of Eagle. the liquid... Wow, good job, American bald eagle. While escaping from the mental institute, Sarah Connor breaks Dr. Silberman's arm. She then says, there are X number of bones in the human body.
0: 215, which is incorrect. You broke
1: my arm. (laughs) Isn't it nice to see Dr. Silberman get his comeuppance? Yep. He
0: appears again and again. I think he's in Dark Fate and Terminator 3.
1: Wow. So what is the correct number? Two hundred six. Oh, really?
0: But there's a series of bones that I guess are separate, and then they fuse as you as you grow from infancy.
1: Bonus question: What song are they rocking out to on Tim's boombox?
0: You mean when it wasn't actually playing on the boombox, but he had to pretend like he was rocking out? So Tim inexplicably goes, "Man!" <laughs> while they're well... writing. Yep. Uh, many choices for that song. Ultimately, Arnold Schwarzenegger chose You Could Be Mine from Guns N' Roses.
1: What is the name of John Connor's pet dog?
0: Max. Wolfie. That's what the Terminators in John Connor's voice called him.
1: So amazing. I tell you, if there's any listener out there who has not watched Terminator 1, Terminator 2 makes so much more sense if you watch Terminator 1 first. <laughs> Because oh, man. I never, I watched Terminator 2 a hundred times before I realized that the dog barking was significant, and it blew my mind yep. when I watched Terminator One.
0: Yeah, they used the dogs to track, you know, the other Terminators or to identify them. Um, I thought, just thought it was a barking dog. I don't honestly remember which one I saw first. I'm sure I saw Terminator because I was over the moon jazzed about seeing Terminator 2. But just from sheer production value, spectacle, execution, improving on the original, maybe one of the few sequels that out, outstrips the uh, its original.
1: I mean, I don't know if it outstrips. Like, I don't think that T2 detracts from T1 at all, but it re- it definitely adds to it. I think it's additive. I think it's incremental even though I guess it eclipses it in terms of overall cinematic storytelling. Yeah, I guess you're right in that sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's recursive.
1: Ooh, oh yeah. And also in in how it builds the mystique, and it it improves upon T1 in a way that makes T1 even better and more rewarding to watch.
0: It builds the world as well, the future world, which is now the past, of far off 1997, Judgment Day.
1: And 2029, which is only seven years away.
0: Stop it. You're freaking me out.
1: Yeah, I don't want to think about that. All right, how does Miles Dyson die?
0: Uh, at the hands of the SWAT team breaks in as he's holding the detonator for all the uh, all the explosives that they're going to use to send Cyberdyne to the
1: gods. I think the official Twinfinite.net answer for this is debatable because they say he dies when Cyberdyne systems blows up. Technically, I think he takes his last breath before detonating the bomb.
0: His death is actually what results in the explosion. Right. The alternate answer is that he was killed by Hank from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Dean Norris was uh, was part of SWAT.
1: In the movie, what power sunscreen do you need to be wearing in order to withstand Judgment Day?
0: Two million sunblock.
1: <laughs> An actor suffered permanent hearing loss while filming the elevator shootout scene. Linda Hamilton. Scene. Oh, really? Is that serious? Is that Forgot true? Forgot to put her
0: earplug in. No. In the, yeah, in the elevator. No
1: way. No matter
0: what, those blanks are full charges, especially in a James Cameron movie. Yeah, don't do that.
1: Yeah, don't do that. That sucks. At the end of the movie, what permanently destroys Robert Patrick's liquid terminator?
0: Molten liquid metal from the foundry that they find themselves fighting in, which actually the composition of chemicals or whatever to create that liquid metal needed to be kept really cool. So it was really cold on the set
1: that all the science and all that stuff right there reeks of James Cameron. Like that's so right up his alley, something that he would love to toy with and figure out and achieve and capture on film.
0: Yep. Terminator 2, long time coming, uh, as we discussed in our review of The Abyss available now. He definitely had a lot of things from Terminator 2 that he had planned for Terminator 1. Couldn't technically achieve them because his mind is in advance of the technology currently available to him. So they did the water test for the water creature. Not sure how those aliens turned into the water tentacle thing, but whatever. It was a good test for Terminator 2's liquid metal effect. I remember being in the theater on opening weekend and hearing people gasp in the fight where Robert he doesn't even have to turn around. He just morphs around. It blew <laughs> our minds, people yelling in the theater.
1: You're talking about when he gets thrown up against the wall face first, and then he appears face right? forward?
0: Or Arnold punching him in the head, and then the head becomes his hands? Like, how do you fight that opponent? Blown <laughs> well, away.
1: I think special kudos to the VFX team for T2, because I believe that they realized James Cameron's first vision ever of the Terminator, which was of the T one thousand emerging from flame. Like that was the fever dream image that woke James Cameron up in a pool of sweat where he like frenzied frenziedly 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 <laughs> wrote down his initial idea for the Terminator. But we digress. How many Oscars did Terminator 2 win?
0: I think it was nominated for six and won four or five. It was nominated for a surprising amount. Of course, they were the technical Oscars, but uh, it did win a handful. I'm going to go with somewhere around five.
1: Your final answer? Four. <laughs> Correct. Best makeup, best sound, best sound effects editing, and best visual effects. Last question. Last question. With the movie's domestic box office.
0: Highest box office of all time for an R-rated movie. I think th- this was the first movie to gross $300 million at the box office. Correct. Sorry, was that the answer to your question?
1: The Yes, <laughs> and then some. Although I don't think that it's fitting to end this quiz from Twinfinite.net. Thank you, Twinfinite. Uh, with a box office thing because, yeah, that's cool and, you know, it's real validation for James Cameron and his emergence as a as a blockbuster filmmaker. But is this film's impact? I don't think this film's yes. impact was its box office success.
0: No, of course not. But it's indicative of its impact on culture. It is very tech and effects heavy. It ages pretty well. Uh, There was a 4K re-release recently where he he fixed, James Cameron fixed a number of mistakes without adding more problems to it, as George Lucas arguably did with the original Star Wars when he did the special editions, but um, holds up pretty well. And like as you said, it's a kind of a joy to revisit. I think about this movie almost every day.
1: <laughs> Wait, seriously? Well,
0: in some form, it's so. I mean, there are movies that touched me that I watched that were uh, fundamental. You know, we talked about it. We reviewed most of them. Seminal. The Stand by Me's, and this is something apart from that. It is the greatest action movie ever made.
1: And released for your benefit at one of your most impressionable ages. You were all of 14 at the time?
0: 15. This movie premiered on my 15th birthday in a sneak preview the night before opening, and it was at 10 p.m., and Mom wouldn't let me go to Del Amo Mall to watch it. I was devastated. Remained scarred to this day 30 years later. (laughs) But also... Like, you have to understand, I don't care about... If you haven't seen Terminator and Terminator 2, you don't belong here. We don't need to explain the plot. But uh, it's all about my experience as a kid watching this movie, playing the Game Boy video game version of this movie, listening to the soundtrack of this movie, which is not a rock soundtrack. It was the score, right? You know how actors, they look a certain age in your mind forever, like Harrison Ford will always be... Indiana Indiana Jones Jones. to me and then you see him in any other movie and you're like he looks old Hmm. or whoa he looks young this is exactly the role for Arnold Schwarzenegger for me for all time and when you see him when you see him in Terminator you're like dude he's super young and way more buff
1: way buff.
0: But he's like 40 years old in this movie, and obviously no one does buff like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movies, but still, this is the ideal exact age for him.
1: Yeah, I thought that this was his prime, preeminent Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Also, arguably the pinnacle of form for Linda Hamilton, and sadly for Eddie Furlong.
1: Ooh, ouch. Ouch.
0: Robert Patrick was later in the X-Files and and a few other things, and he never looked as young as he does here in perfect form and worked out a bunch and learned how to run without showing fatigue on his face and could catch up to Edward (laughs) Furlong on his dirt bike and stuff. So he had to dial it back, Uh, menacing and terrifying as James Cameron's original version of the everyman Terminator was intended to be.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, he doesn't need. Plus, we were also moving away from the super buff. Like, that was this 80s, early 90s convention thing that, like, slowly started to transition to, like... The Jogo Lev superheroes of our time.
0: And Arnold Schwarzenegger was definitely buff and scary in Terminator, but he was obviously muscled, whereas Robert Patrick never gets out of that slim fitting police outfit ever. No, that's not true. We do see his uh see him nude and do see his balls in, in the, the opening scene.
1: Wait, we see balls?
0: Yeah, not that I was looking or that you will be looking, but if you go back and you see, you know, a proper version not edited for T V, you see his balls. Almost teabagging the concrete when he crouches down and grabs the <laughs> pistol off the cop he just assaulted.
1: Wow. Yep. Didn't look for that one. You mentioned corrections. I'd like to hear more about that. But I have one specific inconsistency, contradiction. So okay. when we're first introduced to Linda, Linda Hamilton, she's doing pull ups on her upended bed. And yep. Silverman is doing his little tour, convenient exposition uh-huh. tour. And what does is, what is Linda Hamilton say to Dr. Silberman as greeting?
0: Uh, other than, hello, Dr. Silberman?
1: Yeah. How's the knee? So she says, how's the knee? And then he, he proceeds to explain to his tour group what?
0: she She's stab- fine, Sarah, and turns to the group and says, she stabbed me in the kneecap with my pen a few weeks ago <laughs> right
1: which i would consider bad behavior but later in the review where they show the crazy tape of her going crazy she has been quote unquote on good behavior for six months and is under review and and silverman agrees like yes your behavior has impl- improved is he completely is it is it like selective amnesia on the the, the leg stabbing with the pen
0: no, I think it's a pretty that's a pretty good inaccuracy or continuity thing because he also says, I don't like to see the patients disrupting their cells like this. She's doing bad things and she's mm. scary looking and buff, but we need to sell that moment for her being, I mean, when you compare her, there were a lot of scenes that didn't, you know, we flash back and we see her as younger, which is actually her sister who didn't get all buff. What? And, uh. Yeah, yeah, her twin sister. You know all about that. We talked about it before, right?
1: Wait, I, no, I don't. What? She's a twin. Yep. I don't so think tw- I know. Linda that.
0: Hamilton's twin. Uh, we just lost her uh, last year. There was no statement made about her or anything. But she plays original, you know, young Sarah Connor. At the when, playground. Right when Buff refined Sarah Connor, like all, all, all sleek and and soldierly, comes and witnesses the nuclear explosion. Um, I'm not saying I have this movie memorized. I'm saying I've watched this movie countless times. It's a background movie because you know when the special effects stuff is coming up and you can look up. But uh, I was totally energized by this movie. I saw it a number of times in the theater. Um, Because I couldn't find a ride on opening weekend, I walked, what, I think it's two and a half miles or something to the theater. And saw a late showing and then was walking back. Walking back, I was all jazzed, and you're like, dun 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 dun. You're like hopping over stuff, right? And running around <laughs> on the street. And somebody drove by on the corner of uh, of Sepulveda and Crenshaw and leaned out of the car and fired a bottle rocket at us.
1: Oh my God.
0: So a I was drive-by? like, hey, boo, bam. And I was like, all like crouching and diving in the bushes and stuff. And I was like a Terminator. I was still hopped up and full of adrenaline from this movie.
1: <laughs> we, I got drove by drove by i don't know what the past tense of that uh in grad school i was walking with a group of my my fellow students we were walking in um the west adams area neighborhood around usc and um lowrider pulled up we saw the barrels come out of the window and firing ensued and we all like jumped into the bushes and onto the sidewalk and it wasn't until after we found out it was paintballs but it didn't matter (laughs) because that was freaky
0: wow Yeah, yeah that's like it's a federal offense or something now it's a felony paintballing
1: Plus paintball's hurt.
0: Yeah, have you ever actually been hit by one?
1: Uh yeah, definitely. Speaking of, do tear gas bullets or pellets hurt? Because those SWAT team guys got taken out.
0: Well, look, you got to get trajectory so that you can shoot it clear enough so that you're not impacted by the gas. I think they were all wearing masks. But, yeah, it seemed to suggest that shooting him in the back, just the projectile itself, launched him in the air through the hallway.
1: (laughs) Right? I was like, whoa, tear gas, like, bombs must be gnarly. Um, Okay. What I noticed, I genuinely, I was genuinely looking forward to reviewing this and getting fresh and current on it. And I noticed in this viewing just how funny James Cameron is, or just how funny this movie is. You know how we talked about how The Abyss was like the ultimate prep preparation for the amazing work that he does in T2 and Titanic. Yep. I feel like this movie was James Cameron dialing in on where action meets humor, because it's peppered in throughout. Four moments in particular stuck out to me, and I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna use one word, one or two words to describe each one. And then you gotta flesh it out for me, okay? Okay. Sunglasses.
0: Yeah, that's a recurring gag, but in this case, he takes it off of the biker when it, he takes his uh, shotgun away, and the biker thinks he's gonna die. And then he just takes the sunglasses, which prompts bad to the bone.
1: So good. And then he gets elbowed in the face by that medic.
0: Yeah, the lady at the the state hospital. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then she gets pushed away by the face, which apparently knocks her out.
1: I didn't put this on the list, but speaking of that scene. No better reaction shot ever than Silberman's when he's watching the little the two. pen. Oh my God. Right,
0: the, the cap from the syringe.
1: <laughs> I mean, talk about front row seat to like the throwdown of cinematic history.
0: Right. I mean, he must have chalked it up as a hallucination or something, right?
1: <laughs> like, did I already? Did I get some of that liquid Drano in my neck? Is this is what is this right. what's happening? Exactly. Uh, okay, model citizen.
0: Model Citizen was when she jumps across the table and says, We're all gonna die, and tries to strangle him because you're the one living in a freaking dream, Silverman. Because I know it happens, it happens,
1: it's a great button. Silver Mannequin,
0: the gag where that was a leading gag, like, we didn't have any concept of the metal nope. liquid terminator at that point, uh-uh. and he. He gets uh, he throws Arnold Schwarzenegger through the window, which I don't think stopped him or anything. But he decided it was time to turn away and keep going after John and catches a glimpse of that silver bald mannequin, which he gives a dirty look to.
1: (laughs) That's the best dirty look. And it's so subtle. And do you notice people were like taking pictures of Arnold, of Arnie being thrown through the window?
0: Yeah, because it's uh, we have to compare it to the pictures taken uh, in 1984 in the police station in term in the original Terminator. That dude, the guy that was taking pictures, was the co-screenwriter and also the person that uh, Arnold brutally carjacks in Terminator, which hence the kind of recognition on his face.
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs> so. He makes two appearances as two different characters.
0: Uh, he, I think he's the same character. It's the same person. Uh, I don't think he's a named character, but uh, there is a a, a glimpse, a glint of recognition in on his face.
1: Oh, interesting. That's a good piece of trivia. All right, last one. Put your leg down.
0: Put your leg down was when he says, uh, "You do what I, you have to do. What I say, huh?" Is that correct? <laughs> Prove it. Stand on one foot. And so he lifts his leg, and then those dudes show up. Like, you okay, kid? <laughs> Put your leg
1: down. (laughs) And he has such a great, I mean, that's a literal yoga pose. And he's got so much stability and balance. Like, whoa.
0: Yeah. His neural net processor is working on it. Yeah. (laughs) He's got got gyroscopic stabilizers and such, I bet.
1: Seriously. He's so stable that when he tells him to put his leg down, I I forgot that he had it up.
0: (laughs) Fun and funny, but also within reason. There was a real opportunity for Bad to the Bone to be cheesy. Like I said, it had been overused at the time. And there were things that they dialed back. There was another sequence in the desert where he said, You got to smile sometimes and teaches Arnold how to smile. And he does like the most awkward, only smiling with your mouth smile ever. And he's like, Yeah, maybe you should practice in front of a mirror. And the smile disappears because he's offended.
1: Oh, so he does. As
0: Terminators are wont to be.
1: They're, they're want to be offended. Yep. Were there any seeds planted in T2 for Dark Fate?
0: I don't think so. I don't really think he intended. This was before the age of contracted trilogies. It didn't it wasn't immediate that he could get Terminator 2 made. When they finally got it greenlit, it was on an accelerated schedule. So he said good news uh, is we get to make the movie and bad news is we're already several months behind. And so I think this was supposed to be a definitive end to the chapter. Of course, it was a massive success. And he has, of course, learned because Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 are coming. But I don't think he ever intended to revisit Terminator after this.
1: Mm -hmm. But did participate in Dark Fate, which at least was some kind of validation or blessing on that film in particular. Um, I've kind of dominated this conversation with quizzes and, and lists and things. I, I do want to give you the opportunity to just talk, just gush and talk about this movie that you love.
0: Well, no, I appreciate that. But this movie isn't, we're not here to to review this movie. This is an obvious totally for me. It's uh, it's a big part of my life. And I just am like, you were enjoyed to watch it again. I was, just, I'm enjoyed, to, enjoying talking about it.
1: I think this film really epitomizes James Cameron's sensibility as a filmmaker with his adroit balance of action and comedy and drama no romance here which is kind of interesting because that plays such a pro- prominent role in titanic and it's more of a bromance and and an avatar it's more, more of a bromance it's more of a father-son story
0: but it's darker obviously i mean it, it it kind of turns the themes of terminator on its head whereby sarah connor is the protector and the mother and the virginal figure or whatever and then in this case, she turns and kind of becomes the thing that's dominated her life and her thought process is almost a Terminator herself, arguably comes closer to killing more people than the Terminator himself does. That's not true. He shoots that poor dude in the legs at the gate. but uh, He
1: shoots, like, at least a dozen cops in the legs, too.
0: (laughs) He walks and just clears out the SWAT team in the lobby by (laughs) shooting them all one after another. It's like whoever the medic is on set for SWAT or whatever, it's like... Medic, and, like, they're all screaming at the same time. Um, it, it is definitely a darker movie. And there was actually a better, more promising ending whereby John is a congressman and he's playing with his kid and an old Sarah is watching. But James Cameron struck that in favor of the more, I guess, ambiguous, darker road ending.
1: Dark movie is no joke. Like, full on nuclear holocaust like screaming skeletons and melting faces like that's yeah horror movie crap that he throws in there right
0: that crew the special effects crew said they've never gotten had another scene or anything that they've worked on that's drawn that number of compliments and praise for its realism and authenticity which, part? which is horrifying the the nuclear the, holocaust the shockwave the, the... shockwave oh. shock sweeping through los angeles
1: Oof. Rough. Blowing dude. buses
0: and buildings away. Rough. Yeah. Really rough. But uh, humor interspersed throughout kind of necessary because this was a movie that was really dark in its themes, fantastic in the way that it was shot and everything. But also a movie for, despite being rated R, also a movie that had legions of young fans and action figures and stuff. Like rated R movies with action figures. That's weird, right? Mm. Actually, not today. In, in today's collector kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh,
0: but uh I guess if I want to talk about anything, it's just also that Terminator 2 happened in my area. It, it happened in Los Angeles. Some of these things were, were familiar to me. Blows my mind. The risks they took making this movie. Just so practical, except for the liquid Terminator. Everything was shot around Los Angeles. Those crazy, that crazy guy actually flew the helicopter under the underpass and nobody would film it because it was too dangerous. He did it a couple of times with James Cameron uh, in the car behind uh, filming it himself and then from uh, ahead of the helicopter from a front shot. Uh, That all happened in Terminal Island in Long Beach happened all around LA and stuff. And that was super exciting It made it feel strangely real and a big, huge, ambitious movie that I think is, like you said, the sweet spot for his kind of emerging and, and, and understanding, blending humor with action and executing it kind of perfectly. I compare this to inception, which is in my mind, the best and most delicate Christopher Nolan dance because he came from the small stuff like Memento, which can be, I guess, compared in a way to James Cameron's Terminator and is a little bit twisty and and involves the future and the past and how those things intermix and stuff. And then he came to perfection with Inception, which is the Terminator 2, and then he kind of went slightly off the rails, uh, away from himself. After that, he did Interstellar, which was great, but hugely ambitious and complex. Complex and no nothing more so than tenet, but uh, this is when it's still dialed in and and relatively contained and extremely effective.
1: So effective, I mean, he makes T2 the direction of T2 look effortless. Nothing sticks out to me as being other than in service of the story. And it's all right. but it's fun. And there's great attention to detail. Like when Brian and I watched this film months ago, just, you know, on a wild hair and uh, T-1000 steps on t 800s sunglasses in yep. the asylum. It's like this weird, incredibly emotional, completely unnecessary, fantastic detail of storytelling.
0: Yep. Just he's because he crushes him later. Yeah. And the sunglasses were <laughs> artifice, right? It's not about. The presentation, your preconceived notions. There were people going into this who believed that Arnold Schwarzenegger as the T-800 was still the bad guy. And if you watch up, it's played entirely until yep. he actually acquires John of what's happening.
1: Right. One of those things you can't get back, having having seen it multiple times, that experience of the twist there.
0: James Cameron pulled off the greatest action movie of all time with a kid front and center who didn't muck it up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Edward Furlong, great squeaky voice, fantastic hair, really emotion, <laughs> r- really emotive, didn't get in the way, He's pretty badass, like when they're in the car and they're reversing through that parking structure, and he's like their backup ammunition guy, like he's perfectly in sync with he- with these adults.
0: Yeah, well, he's been trained, poor kid. He's ready to go.
1: But it's not that he just doesn't get in the way. He's the emotional heart and soul of this film.
0: Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, the biggest problem with Eddie Furlong on this movie was that he grew a bunch and his voice broke during filming because it took so long. And so they had to he had to ADR and they had to modulate some of his squeakiness at the top, but they left it. So he's noticeably younger in the desert scenes than he is later on in the film, in other parts of the film when he was older. Uh, But they kept him unmodulated and they kept his kind of young, innocent voice For the desert scenes when he's talking about love and crying and all that stuff.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: I hope you are doing well. He had a brief, he had like a day or two of shooting for reference on Terminator Dark Fate. uh, But I hope Eddie Furlong you're doing well and are happy.
1: Yeah. We wish you all the best. And to this whole cast and crew that made cinematic history with Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I think we could gush and go on and on all day. We've already gotten your official totally And of course, I'm getting Terminator 2 Judgment Day a good. That's our discussion on Terminator 2 Judgment Day. We hope you've enjoyed this discussion and that you're enjoying James Cameron Month at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And send us your comments on not only Terminator 2 Judgment Day, but the other episodes in James Cameron Month, April 2022. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore La. Welcome to Transforming Forty Five, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices.